Craft Beer Radio, episode 265, on October 5th, 2013. Enjoy these craft beers that are arrayed in front of us. <laughs> okay, that's not where I thought you were taking the intro, but hey, I should get this water out of my glass, shouldn't you I? You probably should. So welcome to uh, 265. This is, um, we got some beers from, uh, that we can get here. So these are local, not not local, they're all over. Right, we have Green Flash, Peak Organic, Weyerbacher, Uinta. Yep. Yeah, just some beers I picked up a couple last week at John Eagle. You picked up a couple this week at Whole Foods. And uh, we have a bunch of IPAs, but we learned we can't do an IPA mm-hmm. show because everything gets all hoppy up in there and you can't talk about the beers properly. What do we got here? Let's do the let's do the Saison Diego first. All right. That's a good idea. Start with the Saison. So this is from Green Flash. Saison Diego. It is... Uh, hold on one second while I pull up the information here. Unfiltered, as it should be. Chinese ginger, grains of paradise. Don't have an ABV on it for some reason. Weird thing, when I cracked the cap, you know, way Are before you, I was sorry. sniffing the beer or anything like that, got a, a whiff of skunk. But, you know, I'm smelling the glass. I don't smell anything skunky, but right when I... You know, the cap hissed them, and I smell a bit of skunky. Well, so this is uh, also has orange zest, Zotz hops, and yeah. Maybe it's the wheat, orange, something like that I was smelling. Check the bottle, see how much uh, gunk's in the bottom. I I poured it fairly A lot of gunk. There's a good amount of gunk. We, wanna, we could try adding some gunk towards the end and seeing if that makes the beer All different. Right. The uh, haven't had Green Flash in a while. They've been in, my, in the Pittsburgh market for as long as I can remember. Probably as, almost as long as I've been into craft beer. And um, four point two, sessionable. Okay, nice. Yeah, um, haven't had a lot of Green Flash. Green Flash lately. Probably their IPA and you know here and there, but I haven't had anything bottled. And they got new bottles. They used to use the Sierra Nevada style bottle, mm-hmm. kind of the short ones with uh, the really uh, broad shoulders. And now it's kind of more like a German or Belgian style beer bottle, right? Yeah. It has a, it's still a shorter bottle, but it has a much more sloping conical neck to it. And it's embossed green flash in the glass. So they were able to pay to upgrade their bottling line or their bottles. No, they just bought, yeah, yeah they got embossed bottles. Yeah, different uh, bottle supplier. All right, so this beer pours very, very cloudy. It looks like a wheat beer. Doesn't look like it's cloudy from sediment, but more so just from the cloudiness that the wheat provides. The it's, first thing I was getting when I first smelled it, you said it's clinical, but I smelled something weedy. I okay. smelled some wheat malt. Now I'm smelling a lot of ginger and mm-hmm. orange. Okay. The color is, um, it's almost that of a wit beer, but it's probably a little bit more golden than your average wit beer. Um, head is about a quarter of an inch, pretty solid. There's a lot of, um, replenishment of the head, keeping it going there. The aroma, I'm getting, yeah, mostly wheat. I'm not getting too much of the ginger, maybe a bit of the orange zest right off. 
kind of rolling the beer around here, coating the sides of the glasses so it has more surface area to give off more aroma. I like the uh, slight bit of pepperiness that, that may just be the yeast, that may be the grains of paradise smelling, but it's hard to tell. I think grains of paradise could become more apparent in flavor. than they Yeah, do I aroma. mean, they're both peppery, right? You can yeah. get some great phenolics from the mm-hmm. yeast. You know, grains of paradise is a wonderful, you know, it's in beer. I was, it was almost like, you know, wondering what hops taste like before you have your first IPA. Yeah. You're really not sure exactly what the grains of paradise are and are not. But if you ever get your hands on some, you know, actual grains of paradise that you can crack and, and eat, you know, you, you get a pretty good, there's a bit of a lemon pepper type flavor to it. Um, pretty spicy. It, it's not really like black pepper, though. It's it's more... I don't know how to describe it. Just, is it slightly more floral? Yeah, a little more well, floral. Well, I don't know. Black pepper, I mean, Piper Nicker has a lot of floral components to it, too. Yeah, but pepper... Nigger, it, it's, it, it's a little bit more... Black pepper has a bit something that I would take towards... Maybe a bit more sulfury. It has a bit more... A little more a, sulfury. I was going to say, like... I hesitate, but I want to say like tobacco or something like or that. Or a bit like, more of a horseradishy punch. Okay. Something something more along those lines. Yeah, and, and of, Grains of Paradise of gives you a little more floral. Gives you a nice little um yeah. zing on the tongue though. You know, there's a nice little bite to it. And uh But don't uh, don't underestimate black pepper. It can be used in a lot of things. Black pepper on vanilla ice cream is amazing. Okay. Anyway, the beer. Saison Diego. Big carbonation, first thing you notice. Then you get this good wheaty, lemony taste to it. Good mouthfeel. I mean, it's, 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 I would say it's semi-sweet. It's not really dry and chalky or anything like that. I wanted to make sure before I followed through that, yeah, they are based in San Diego. So mm-hmm. San Diego is, of course, a pun right. on San Diego. Right. Hmm. A little lemony. Um. Still not getting so much peppery notes at first. It's, it's actually a little... The pepper kind of lays in with the carbonation right up front, and like mm-hmm. the front third of your tongue. That's where I'm getting most of the pepperiness. It's actually kind of hoppy for a Saison. I can taste some of those Zotz hops in there. Okay. I'm on my second sip now. Late my second sip, I'm getting a little bit more funkiness in the back third of my tongue. I'm not going to go as far as horse blanket or anything like that, but it's I'm getting bread or anything. a little bit of earthiness, you know, just a little bit of, it's, it's what I want. Yeasty I stuff, want yeah. It's rustic, right? Yeah, and yeah. that's what I like in a Saison. I mm-hmm. want a little bit of rustic in there. So you get a little bit of yeasty, a little bit of, you know, thick crust bread type character. You get that, you know, something that's like, you know, the bread, you know, where you crack the bread to mm-hmm. get to it, you know, that kind of character you get to it from it. Did you want to include some of the yeast in here? Yeah, not yet though. Mm. I'm enjoying it pretty pretty much how it is. I mean, if you want to dump some gunk, it, I feel it's a little uh, light on the mouth feel. I, I would worry that the yeast is just going to muddy it up. Now it might help your mouth feel. Yeah, if that's your if that's your uh, perception, I I worry that it's going to take these bright lemony flavors. And oh, well, I think it, it. it absolutely will. I, I I think, but I, I want to see what the difference is because. Mm-hmm. 
I'm there, yeah. There's no question in my mind it's going to take some of the the lemony ester, the lemony flavors, and, and the fruity esters away. But it's going to, I think, add some phenolic spice to it and add a little bit of mouthfeel to it. Okay. Whether that's better or not, I don't know. So let's see here. I'm gonna pour a little bit back into. Do a little solution. Some nice mixing up. And I'll pour. There we go. All right, so now it becomes a certainly cloudier. Smells a slightly muddier, as I would expect. Breadier, right? It smells like a packet of bread yeast that you're hydrating, right? Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. If you're proofing a yeast or something, it'll smell like that. Or if, same thing if you're, you know, hydrating brewer's yeast, but it just reminds me of making bread. You know, that's mm. what it reminded me of mostly. There's still good zing to it and some lemony flavor. It really didn't muddy it up. Did it help your mouth feel? Slightly. Made it, it it made it a little less aqueous and a little more silky, but what didn't didn't completely make it strong. Either. I'm surprised that I mean you're usually a, a fan of big carbonation. Yeah, this does not have. A, a I huge... thought it had big carbonation before, earlier, <laughs> but and the aroma the aroma's opened up now maybe the beer has warmed maybe it was the uh solution that we added you know mm. with the true uh, the you know sediment from the bottom of the bottle but i'm getting uh definitely the pith of a lemon yes in the aroma i'm getting a more pithy type aroma than before there's more interesting ginger notes coming through now i think that's that yeah they say ginger you i'm happy. i'm not really not noticing it it's it's a lighter. They use Chinese ginger. Okay. I don't know if that's different from regular ginger, but it feels somewhat lighter. No, Japanese ginger is a little bit lighter in its uh, in its bite. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm tasting that. But I think it tastes. I think it's a better beer with the with the yeast added. Okay. I think there's a little bit more of the sort of musty, funky note. But that's good. It, it goes well with what's going on here. So on the last show, we had a couple beers when we tasted them. We knew right away they were too cold. Right. With this beer, I'm wondering if we were drinking it too cold, but it was good that we, you know, it was good enough. Right. We didn't notice that it was flat. Right. Or that its tone was flat. Right. right? That, um, you know, some beers like, oh, it's too cold. Let's let it warm up. Bring some more stuff out because this is telling me a different story than it did early on. But I was enjoying it early on anyway. You know, so it's different from some of the beers we had last week. I mean, you know, we, we definitely enjoyed the beers from last week, but you can definitely tell that a brewer like Green Flash isn't isn't afraid to delve into a funkier zone. Um, what I'm really reminded of, and I keep going back to thinking of this, is the Anheuser-Busch Saison that they gave us. Right. And how it really had no funky notes. It had some fruity notes, and it had some peppery notes, but it didn't have any funk. Didn't have any. It had no rusticness. Yeah. It yeah. It was just. It was kind of fruity. Right. So um, you know we just did the saison vert or no. The saison Diego, saison Diego from from Green Flash. I want to stick with Green Flash and do this uh, rayon vert right. So rayon is probably green. Is it, is it rayon vert? Flemish vert or vert would be. So it's called Green Flash right. So rayon would be flash. 
and there would be green. This is a Belgian-style pale ale. I'm curious if this is one of their normal formulations pitched with a Belgian yeast. Because it's just a Flanders name for green flash mm-hmm. type thing. So if you can find any information on them, uh, I want to go with this because it's the same brewery and also Belgian-inspired. So. Well, let's see. Okay. Very. Oh, gusher. Yeah, it should be because it's bottle conditioned with fresh ale yeast and bread. Oh, okay. I didn't, when I bought it, I did not expect to, that I was buying Brett. Let's so see. a gusher is, is expected when you have Now, Not to be honest, it didn't, it foamed up, but it stopped right at the cap. It yeah. did not gush over. So they, they scheduled the <laughs> carbonation perfectly. 7% alcohol by volume, three, uh, 32 IBUs. They call it the most complex beer they create. So the beer pours with a ridiculous head. I poured it gently as I could. We're drinking these out of the Spiegel Snifters. And so, like, I have two uh, finger and three quarters worth of beer and four fingers worth of head. Yeah. It's an orangey color in terms of the beer itself, but there's so much head, it's hard to get a good light on it. It, it it's clear-ish, but there's a, there's a cloudiness to it. <laughs> that is that's a lot the, of foam. Yep, that's that's sorry for bumping the microphone. If I could have managed to capture that sound without banging the microphone, it would have been a lot more effective. It is, I mean, it's like popcorn or something sizzling mm-hmm. in a. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like rain or sizzling bacon. Yeah. There I go, banging the microphone. <laughs> Stop that, Jeff. All right. So the aroma, it, oftentimes when you have a really thick head, it kind of, all you smell is the zingy CO2, but you do get the breads. You get the... Strawberry? See, I wasn't really go. I mean, once the head settles down a little bit more, I'll try again. I was smelling, you know, the pretty much the... The traditional Brett, that Rhubarb. that rustic, that leather, that dry leather type aroma. That's there too. It smells good. But There's I'm something still... in here that I'm going to say is, is cactusy. See, I, I can't disagree. Like mm-hmm. my my subconscious says, yeah, you got something there, but like. And then I'm like, have I ever smelled a cactus? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I can imagine you cut open a cactus and you smell the inside, yeah. the flesh, and I get what you're saying. And you then I'm like, have I, have I ever done that? You ever I'm like, one of those cactus pears or... Um... I'm not sure I've ever done that, but for some reason I know what a cactus smells like, so maybe? I, I don't know. I mean, of course, there's you know when I was rolling when I was rolling my barrel of you know eleven million dollars through the desert. That's when I there's agave, which is you know cactus based. So there's something right for some reason when you say cactus, I think of you know the the flesh gooey pulp of the inside. I must have smelled it at some point, but I don't know where. It's it's brighter than I might have expected. I mean, it's not an all Brett mm-hmm. uh, fermentation, but it, you know, there's definitely Brett in there. The leathery character is is certainly noticeable. 
I mean, Brett's crazy, right? You can do all kinds of things yeah. with Brett. It, it's not always horse blanket and leather. Yeah. If you do 100% Brett fermentation and you don't age it, you can get hoppy flavors to come through. Um, I was talking with Jamie Barlow at the Homebrewers Conference. You know, one of our good friends and listeners, Jamie Barlow, did 100% Brett IPA. But he overpitched the Brett so it wasn't stressed. He did a quick fermentation. Correct me, Jamie, if I'm wrong with any of this stuff. And... Um, it ferments out pretty clean. I mean, not not as clean as Saccharomyces, mm-hmm. but not you know not leathery, right? So you can do all kinds of things with bread. It's it's really a Swiss Army knife of yeast, and you know people are still figuring out new ways to use it. And I imagine. I mean, though, there are. I was going to say something, but then I realized based on our based on what we just went through that it was a very stupid thing for me to, to say. <laughs> What, what? I'll say it anyway. I'm saying there are lots of strains of Brett, and <laughs> but there's only you know Saccharomyces cerevisiae and Saccharomyces uh, pastoris. But those are species. They're those still are species. Strains. There are still yeah. strains of those yeah. that are wild. I mean, there are different strains of Brett. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say there's tons and tons, but I mean, yeah. commercially, you can buy probably three or four different kinds of Brett. But it's not necess- It's not only. Which one do you buy? It's how you use it. Temperature, yeah. pitch rate, mm-hmm. fermentation time. And it does all kinds of different things. It is more... The vessel. I mean, it's more moody. Learned that the vessel has something to do with it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know specifically for Brett for that one. But, I mean, it's just more moody and more versatile than... than sacri- or You can do more just oddball things with it than you can with Saccharomyces. All right, so my head is finally down to an eighth inch, so I can actually feel like I'm actually smelling the beer, and not just the CO2 and the the proteins that are making the bubbles. Oh, you darn, you keep putting cactus in my head. I smell cactus, <laughs> a touch of pine cone, a touch of orange. A little bit of tomatillo. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Sour tomato, essentially. Mm. A little bit more um, bready than I expected from the aroma. It's pretty... It's It it doesn't finish dry, but it, it feels very dry as you're drinking it, right? It feels... Maybe it's a calibration taste or something, but mm-hmm. it feels it felt very chalky and yeah. dry. Yeah. And you got a bit of um cheese rind. Mm. You know, that kind of tart flavor. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's a good call. Like, like a brie like so not brie cheese, but br- cheese rind. Like just the rind from well, the I mean cheese. like, you know, I'm thinking back to um So cheese mold, basically. What's that cheese that we love? Uh Triple crab. That cheese that we love. Humble oh, fog. Humble fog. Uh, you know, if you just eat the rind of that, you get, without the, without the peppery notes, mm-hmm. you know, that's a lot of some of this flavor. It's some of this funky stuff. Right. Yeah, I guess what's that cheese that we love is kind of a dumb. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> dumb thing to say. If it's not Velveeta, we're probably going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
again, that was one of those recent experience recalls. I had some brie today, right? And it mm-hmm. just just really fit, you know. Who knows if I would have made the the brie cheese rind call if I hadn't had some brie today. Who knows how much I'm forcing that, right? You just don't know. But uh, Gerald from Beverage Chasing Institute calls it um, palate drift, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea that as you you know you you remember these things on your palate, they stay memorable, and you can pick things out a little bit easier. But I haven't had cheese in a while, and, and I well, that was just suggestion yeah. at that point. <laughs> I I definitely taste that here. I'm just, I keep going back to like, when have I actually tasted cactus? Damn it. I don't know. I'm getting hung up on the cactus thing. Because I think it's so right, but I don't know why. Because mm. I can't, I can't honestly say I know what cactus tastes like, but it tastes like what I think cactus should taste like. You may have smelled cactus before. And... Yeah. Well, you know, like aloe plant, right? Like yeah. I've used that to mm-hmm. treat burns and stuff and kind of that thick, syrupy, fleshy stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of along those lines too, I guess. Haven't tasted that. Well, that's sort of, but... that's not quite, yeah, that's a little bit stronger and it's more, mm-hmm. uh, that has more of a, I don't know, it, <laughs> I don't know exactly how to describe it, but. It's been over 10 years since I've had yeah. aloe, like had aloe broken open and smelled it anyway, but it, it was, it, it's one of my smells from my childhood. My mom always had an aloe plant growing and would use that to treat burns yeah. and things like that. I like the carbonation that Brett gives it. It is highly carbonated, but it works with this beer. It yeah. doesn't feel zingy. I'm not, you know, typically Greg likes the higher carbs. I'm here frantically swirling the glass trying to work it down to something I like better but I'm not doing it for this one it works out for this beer very well there's you know you're, you're gonna get I, I I would stress this is again this is not a, a beer for beginners it's it's pretty complex this is not going that, to be a, immediately something that, that people, I think, are going to pick up and enjoy. That's an interesting point you bring up. You know, we talk about, like, our intuition is that a beginner wouldn't like a sour beer like a Flanders or something like that. Well, but, we've but been my wrong that. My experience has proven that otherwise, that they appreciate those flavors. I'm wondering if something a little more rustic like this one is, a, is different, like, is harder to appreciate get a palate for to appreciate or not you know are we being misled again or are we right for a breaded beer i i want to examine that a little bit i mean at least with sour beers you get people really noticing a flavor and i think sour is 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 uh sours bit... yeah sour is definitely a easier flavor to yeah. Get your handle on right where this one's a little yeah. more i know a lot of people who just drink beer and say oh that just tastes like beer and some people might say, oh, this just tastes like beer with mud in it or something. You know, it tastes it. like feet. Yeah. So, you know, what? whereas I think Alambic is a little bit more inviting, even if it's more acetic, mm-hmm. that's something that they're more used to. I mean, this kind of flavor, like like I said, you get it with cheese maybe, and you get it with, you get it with maybe some sulfury vegetables. Okay, yeah. Maybe some cabbage or something like that. 
maybe some Brussels sprouts. I was just going to say, you know, when you said soul-free vegetables, I went to Brussels sprouts. I'm like, I'm tasting some sprout- Brussels sprouts yeah. in this beer for sure. It was a very good call. As soon as you said vegetables like that, I'm like, oh, yeah. I was, as soon as Greg stops topic, talking, I'm going to say Brussels sprouts. And, <laughs> and you went to Brussels sprouts on me. It's fun. I like this one. Yeah, this is uh, this is good. These are d- both very good uh, green flash beers. I've oh, I never was a huge fan of, you know, their flagship, the just their IPA. Mm-hmm. Um the West Coast IPA is what they call it. I find it's a little too bitter, you know, one of those uh, bitter bombs. But uh, these two are really good. I, I actually, you know, I like the West Coast IPA. And I had a Stone IPA the other day. And that's one that I, like, found, like, I, I liked it. It was still good. But it, it felt it felt like uh, almost a previous generation to all of the... The new IPAs with Mosaic mm. and Amarillo mm. and, and Simcoe and stuff like that. It it, it felt very classic. Mm. We're still uh, nursing this beer, I think. we really Yeah, I got about a sip left, but it's yeah. just not one I just want to choke down, you know. I'm just going to... I'm going to keep it here for the next 20 minutes, but I'm going to give me another give me another 30 seconds or so to finish this one up. A green flash... Their slogan is "Taste it once, remember it forever." That's uh, interesting. We'll see about that. <laughs> I'm gonna remember it 500 years after I'm dead. Yeah, this is summer beer here. We probably should get on before our palates get too burdened down with mm. things. Uh, so this is summer. S U M apostrophe R. From Uinta Brewing, this is Summer Ale. It's brewed with organic barley and hops. This is a... They normally have this in bottles. They just started canning this. So it's, this a, a can. it's a bright green can. It looks like Mountain Dew color, neon green. So the interesting thing about this is that the hops that are used are sriracha. Which are... Sriracha is? <laughs> well, it's sriracha is the name of the hop. Right, yeah. I thought uh, I thought it was always Sriracha Ace, but maybe those are two different hops that Brooklyn uses in their beer. But it's um you know, it's a it's a Japan it's a Japanese hop. And this is seventeen IBUs and I don't have an A B V on it. Why why would they give me any information? Do you see anything on there? there it's Sun Kissed by Uinta Brewing Company, Salt Lake City, Utah, United States, certified organic by the Utah Department of Agriculture and Food, Earth, Wind, and Beer. Keep cold. Contains water, organic barley, malt, right, organic hops, and yeast. It tells me that it's 4%. Okay. That's a nice other sessionable it's ale. It's also brewed with renewable power. Oh. I like that on the label. Check out the top shoulder of the can. It has a little compass rose They have there. that on their bottles as well. Okay. I like the compass rose. You put. I wonder if you float the can in water, whether it will turn north. That'd be awesome. <laughs> they, they partially magnetize their hands. I doubt it. Very different aroma from what we've had previously. Can you see that? With Alaskan? This should be ferromagnetic, so... 
<laughs> okay, you're you're going a little overboard. I was just making a joke there, Greg. <laughs> He's using the magnetic bottle opener to see if the can turned, but yeah, that's not that's like you know when Doug Benson talks about mm-hmm. how you know all the visual jokes on Doug Loves movies. Yeah, you don't want to do the whole magnetic can joke. So, of course, cans are aluminum, so they shouldn't be ferromagnetic. Okay, so the aroma from this one, it's like. Jeff, you have to, like, recalibrate your whole vocabulary for this one compared to the previous beers. None of the flavors we had in the the, the two green flashes yeah. are going to be valid in this one. It almost smells a bit shandy-ish, maybe? Like, uh, I'm not saying they, there's a, you know, this is, has lemon juice added, but my first sniff is like, Okay, that's that's the neighborhood I'm starting in. Is is a summer beer that's kind of like a shandy. That that that's where I'm starting, and I'm gonna work in from there. There's a. They say they use lighter malts in here. I'm getting a little bit of, kind of a shortcake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the malts have a great, great um, aroma. <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to put another adjective before I said aroma, but I couldn't come up with anything. It's 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 a sweet malty. Mm-hmm. It just it it it's it's engaging. You just I smell it and I'm like uh, powdered sugar, maybe a bit of powdered yeah, sugar. Yeah, like I said, sweet. Um, you know, it reminds me of a strawberry shortcake without the strawberries mm-hmm. with cream on it. It's just a shortcake part, but you know, a, a a sweet angel food cake or something like that. Something that has mm-hmm. a, a nice effervescent, slight vanilloid, slight vanilla uh, aroma. Not smelling the hops so much in the aroma. I move on to the flavor here. The uh, it's a golden beer that is uh, fairly cloudy. They didn't say they used yeast in it. It sure look. Or <laughs> I'm sorry. They they did say they used yeast. They did not say they used wheat in it. But it sure looks like a wheated beer, doesn't it? I mean, just from the way the cloudiness is. Yeah. Oh, yours is much clearer than mine, huh? Yeah, it is. Okay, so bottle or. So not filtered, so there's some sediment in the can. Yours smells a lot more candy, like uh, watermelon. I'm getting watermelon in yours. Yours smells similar, a little bit. May I mix? Yeah, go ahead. And ruin your perfect glass of you went to summer. Okay, so now Craig and I have virtually the same beer in the glass. My beer became cleaner, clearer, and his beer became more cloudy. <laughs> okay, so the first thing I smelled off that was a bit of sulfur. Hopefully, it was probably going to shoot out of the beer yeah. and volatilize, but I got something that was fairly sulfury on that sniff. Come on, sulfur, go away. Hmm. Kind of reminds me of a much less strong watermelon Jolly Rancher. It does carry the watermelon flavor, yeah. It doesn't have any kind of um, extracty, artificial, medicinal type flavors, right, though. Right. It, it definitely tastes fairly good. I mean, I mean, that, that thing. Come, I was, I was. I was on to the next thought when yeah. the words were still being formed. So when the words actually came out were not the good words that I was 
trying to put together. I shouldn't have jumped to the next thought. Uh, the watermelons, the watermelon flavor does taste like watermelon candy, but it doesn't taste medicinal. Yes, I agree. There is uh, a coffee that I'm drinking at work. It's a uh, it's a Ethiopian yogurt chef. Or no, no, no. It's a that's not it. It's a it's a Wahana Sumatra. And we had it last year. I know I talked about it last year, mm-hmm. but it's this coffee that has this watermelon Jolly Rancher flavor. And I say there's like some uh, mushroom type flavor to it, but no one, no one else I talk to at work believe, you know, agrees with me on the mushroom part. Um, Your taste buds are more attuned than theirs are, I think. For a lot of cases, probably. Um, but the watermelon, granted, this does not taste like coffee at all. But, you know, it's a very similar. It's a very pleasant. It's, it, yeah, it's it has an easy a, drinker. With, it has with, a watermelon candy flavor, but it's it's much more pleasant than even a watermelon Jolly Rancher. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a really tuned down version of that. So you, you get a little bit of that in, in there. But with a kind of uh, a nice mouthfeel on this, too, for 4%. Uh, it's a, a hell of a flavor to get for not yeah, adding watermelon, too. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a really nice drinker, I think. Um, really, I think of a wonderful summer ale. You know, it, it serves that purpose perfectly. Yeah. Something to cool yourself down when it's hot. Because it has a little bit of fruitiness without going overboard. It has a lot of... Um, I, I almost certainly think there's weed in it. There's wheat in here. Because I get some of that... Um, it looks uh, like it, for sure. It, there's a there's a certain textural quality when wheat is there. The same thing with oatmeal. There's a certain mm-hmm. textural quality. There's right. a certain textural quality with wheat. And I think that it feels like there's weed in here. I'm going to be keeping my eye out for a bottle of the Brooklyn Sriracha Ace. Just, it's been a long time since we've had it. Yeah. And hopefully we can get it again while this is fresh in our minds, right? Just because you don't see too many beers using the Sriracha hop. And I want to see what parts maybe, of this is also in that maybe beer. Maybe they'll have it in Denver. I don't know if they get, if they get invited. You know, there's a there's a lot of controversy <laughs> about the GMBF because they weren't in... Because there are over 2,000 different breweries, the, and they only the, put like 500, right? The brewery, not in GABF. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're at the, what the funk that Crooked State is putting on. So. We should probably, if you can't get into WTF, we should probably send email to Patrick. That's <laughs> an idea. Why are you talking about this on the air, man? Come on. I like this. Yeah, this is a great summer drinker. Too bad summer is over. Mm-hmm. It's it's an okay but fall the, drinker but too. The can makes it perfectly viable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's the wonderful thing about cans; they're a great way to store beer. Uh, this I don't think um, is going to degrade much over the course of several months. I think it still will be pretty enjoyable <sighs> on into winter. Yeah, it just. You just when you drink a certain beer, like it has an Adirondack lounge chair on the label, right? right? Yeah, and you just feel like sitting in one of those when you're <laughs> drinking a beer like this, you know. Which what we should do is we should take a couple of these and, and send them down to Greek and and uh, oh, so in New Zealand, in New Zealand, it's summer. It's gonna be summer there soon. <laughs> there you go. If it only wasn't so hard to send booze inter- yeah. internationally. Very cool. Thank you, you Winta, for letting us buy this beer. Mm. That's, enjoyable. Really, that's really good mm-hmm. okay so now we get on to the hops let's do the we'll save the dark IPA oh, do you want to um, do our 
We can do that. I need to uh, queue it up first. <laughs> See, you're supposed to queue it up without talking about it. Like, we actually have our act together here. I did that last week. So, you know, give me a mulligan on this one. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to start talking about this beer. We got the Weyerbacher Last Chance IPA. You picked this one up tonight, I believe, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yes, I did. Or no, wait. No, you bought the Wint no, Autumn I bought, Fest. Yeah, yeah. I bought this last week. And, uh... So this is, um... Oops. Greg has rinse water in his glass, so I cannot pour his beer. 5.9% alcohol by volume. 62 IBUs. They call it a West Coast-style, full-flavored hop assault, delightfully lacking in balance. <laughs> okay. You know, that that's... That's boastful. That's yeah. that's asking for a lot of expectation. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if they live up to it here. Because Centennial Cascade, Simcoe, and Columbus hops. This beer helps animal rescue organizations learn how at wirebocker.com. And the label has a paw print made out of several piles of hops, five piles of hops. As a uh, as a wedding gift to my friend Damien, his. Uh, his wife uh, Megan loves Animal Rescue, so I gave a donation to Animal Rescue League. So, cool. So the aroma, it is. Uh, it kind of lives up to the description you said. It is a nose full of aggressive, hoppy. You're not kidding. It's <laughs> it's uh, resiny. It is dank. Dank. I like dank. It's dank. It just feels like, mold, like almost moldy, fresh hops. I mean, it's <laughs> it's making my eyes like go cross-eyed when I smell it. It's like whoa. So when they were saying unapology, unapologetically West Coast or whatever they said, it uh, unbalanced, delightfully lacking in balance. That's well, I it. mean, we don't know what from the taste, but uh, <laughs> well, we can presume from the aroma. That yeah that that's a that's a that's an aggressive hop bomb right there. <laughs> Gee, what's gonna happen now? <laughs> oh man, we need a producer. Okay, so you can support us in a whole bunch of different ways. You can donate directly to us via PayPal. There's a link on our website. There are several ways, like, you have options. You can give us a one-time donation. You can do a substanding membership, which is as low as $12 a month or $12 a year or $2 a month. Because of fees, that's the way it works out. Uh, but the easiest way, and we got an email from Barry, the guy who bought the welder. And he said it was the easiest donation he ever made. He used our referral link. He went to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon when he went Amazon shopping. Mm-hmm. And he bought a big, expensive welder. And we got like 70 bucks in referral fees from just that welder. And he didn't have to pay any more for it. He didn't pay anything more. And he said it was the easiest donation that he has ever made. So all you have to do is remember when you want to buy something on Amazon, not to go to Amazon.com. Don't eliminate that from your from your memory banks. But go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And that redirects you right through to Amazon. Just like you went there directly, but not directly. And then you just shop and shop and shop and shop and buy all your stuff. Shop till you drop, baby. Check out 
you don't even have to think about us again. And then we'll look in our earnings report and we'll see all the great stuff that people bought and all the great money that you Donated. gave to us instead of Jeff Bezos. Yes. And, you know, Jeff Bezos does not need any more money, but we do. Thank you. And let's if wrap Jeff this up. Jeff is listening, you know, by the way, Jeff, we could use a donation. Or you could buy my company that I work for. That'd be a nice one, too. <laughs> but, uh, all right, let's wrap this up. All right, back to the beer. We got the uh, Weyerbacher Last Chance IPA. Proceeds benefit Animal Rescue. Unbalanced, gleefully... Hop bomb. Not quite as dank in the flavor. You get a little more citrus in the flavor. Not quite as unbalanced as they're claiming either. There's enough of a multi well, backbone to, to, to give it some... There's a nice balance to enjoy it. It's yeah. not raking your tongue yeah. with the... You know, with, you know, it's not a lupulin rake on your tongue. So that's nice. I You know... This this is the kind of IPA that while bitter, and I think this is going to get more bitter as you drink it, there's enough malt to at least let me enjoy half the bottle. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. probably, you know, I could enjoy probably, you know, two or three of these. Um, but it, it's pretty deep, deeply hoppy. It's It's got a lot of these resiny qualities. Uh, the fruity qualities are are really um, given taking a back seat to the more resiny, somewhat piney, and mm-hmm. um, a little spicy character. What were the, you mentioned the hops, right? Yes, Centennial, Cascade, Simcoe, and Columbus. Simcoe being the, probably the highest alpha acid of those. Now Columbus is pretty big too. I mean, they all make sense. Excuse me, very gassy. Man, I can't even talk. I got burps coming out. They do the double Simcoe, does Weyerbacher? They do do the double Simcoe. Yeah. I haven't had that one in several years. Actually, not a big. I'm not a huge fan of Simcoe as a hop, as a as a hop alone. Mm-hmm. I think Simcoe works well when paired with other hops, but it's an overpowering hop to me when used alone. I mentioned earlier how that Stone IPA felt a little bit classic. This one kind of falls into the a similar range where mm. it's this it's this aggressive, highly hop beer with more classic flavors. It yes. doesn't have the mosaic, yeah. it doesn't have the citra, it doesn't have, you know, those hops that everyone's using these days. It also doesn't have kind of wacky malt builds. It, it's a mm-hmm. pretty straightforward malt. It's probably got some caramel in there or uh maybe carapils. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that to be a good or bad statement. I don't want every beer to be citra and mosaic. Yeah, yeah. No, I it, want it, some. It's, it's perfectly fine to have a to have a a beer like this. And like I said, it, it's uh, right now it's it's satisfying me. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised you're liking it because it's pretty pretty aggressive, pretty bitter, and generally you don't take your th- your threshold cuts off before now. We've said it before, though. Flight makes a lot of difference, mm-hmm. and we've had. Uh, a significant array of flavors here. So without starting with this mm-hmm. and instead having some different... Do you imagine starting the show oh, with God, this? Oh, God, this would have been a wreck. Yeah. 
But but this is different enough w- with the flight that we've had that I can really pick mm-hmm. out the things and enjoy it. And I think that if if we would have done like an all IPA thing, this would have been just like, oh, no, no, I want the other one or, or whatever. Right. The, the citron mosaic one would yeah. have been like, oh, my God, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, th- th- this this works in the flight. I really do think so. Let's get into some of the actual flavors that are coming here. Lime rind. Okay. Um, a little... Mm, mm, I'm having a trouble with this, whether it's radish or beet. I'm actually having somewhat trouble there. Okay. But... I mean, radish... Maybe I'm not greens. There's, yeah, I'm not really getting much radish. I could see, like... Like an orange beet or something uh-huh. like a yellow beet, you know, one of those more heirloom type yeah. beets instead of just a red, you know, sweet beet. I can see a little bit of that, maybe. I'm not sure if I can go to the greens. I'm not really picking that up. Um, it really sits on the tongue. I just finished my sample when Greg was talking there, and it still feels like it's in my mouth. I'm getting like I'm still tasting and tasting and tasting it. Oh, the hops just are dug in. They they have dug their trenches and they're uh, they're holding up the front. It's aggressive. It, it's aggressive. I'm still still nursing a little because I'm still trying to to pick up some other things from it. Hmm. But uh, it, it it's hard to make direct analogies to things because mm-hmm. of the, the, the combinations that are in there. I can pick out individual flavors, but whether or not somebody will will taste the same thing, eh. I was just listening to several episodes of, uh, I think, I'm I'm not sure it was either the most recent or the second most recent Basic Brewing Radio, and they're doing an experiment about IPAs, and they're adding different, um, starting with distilled water, they want everyone to do this who's participating in the experiment, do five gallons of beer. Put the beer in the bottling bucket, bottle off some bottles, add some salts, you know, whichever ones, calcium carbonate or gypsum, you know, gypsum, whatever, whatever the ones they were talking about, add the salts to the bottling bucket, stir it, let it dissolve, bottle off some more beers. So you basically have the same beer with different water chemistries Mm -hmm. because you can add the chemistry at the end there. Mm -hmm. And they are looking to see where the best IPA, um... Where it focuses, right? Yeah. Where it really shines. And it'll be interesting to see because I've never made an awesome, bright IPA. And hearing the results of this, I don't have the time right now to do the experiment, but hearing the results will help me figure out, narrow down the, the variables that I'm going to try and say, next time I make an IPA that I want to be bright and blasty and shining, I'm going to work on the water chemistry mostly well there's so. a question though i mean does the water chemistry work the same for every ipa and i don't i doubt that's true uh i think it matters a lot i mean you look at the different water chemistries or different styles of beer but i mean i, I imagine different water chemistries have different solvent levels different you know types of uh but of certain hardnesses and whatnot it, it's at the end it's just the hardness and how it changes your palate's interpretation of what's already in the beer it, it's not it's it's not at the boil it's not going to change how 
alpha acids are extracted or anything. It's just changing chemistry in bottling. Like we when we dosed all those beers of your porter with mm-hmm. the different extracts that we made. They're instead of adding making vodka extracts, they're adding brewing yeah, salts. Yeah, no, but I'm I'm just wondering whether that is, is going to be whether you can follow through with that, I, I, I think, think there's I think going need more there's going to be a, there's going to be a bell curve, but there's going to be a sweet spot to say if you're between here and here, this is where you want your water chemistry to be for IPAs. You're going to find that. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I wanted to bring up before you end the last beer. I wanted to bring up two interesting uh, stories. Uh, the first was actually I don't know if so much a story, but something that I saw that uh, Jamie Barlow tweeted, which was a method if you got your rubber stopper in your carboy, had to get it out. Okay. And it's really simple. So you get the rubber stopper in the carboy, mm-hmm. you take a plastic bag and you put it almost all the way through. You put mm-hmm. the, you, you turn your carboy upside down so the, the rubber stopper gets stuck in the bag right, and right. You, you pull the bag right out. Right. It grabs on kind of like yeah. a hand. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. I, I've seen a, it wasn't the bag. I, I knew I saw a trick for getting that before. And it was something similarly ingenious, but it wasn't a bag. I can't think of what it was right now. All right, our last beer of the night is going to be a black IPA, Hop Noir, from Peak Organic. 8.2. That's kind of a big mm-hmm. beer. Peak is out of Portland, Maine. I, I picked up this one because I seem to remember, you know, I, I have a little thing against organic beers, or I used to, mm-hmm. but I remember Peak Organic being one that never dissatisfied me. Their I coffee was always, beer kind of rings a bell in my mind. Yeah. I remember their coffee beer being pretty good. I was always really pleased with, with Peak Organic because it didn't taste watery or like the ingredients were just, you know, subpar or something. So. It's a twist-off, which is interesting. You wouldn't expect a twist-off from some hippy-dippy organic brewery. So this is a black IPA, so it's very dark. It's uh, used, They use Centennial Hops. Anchored by organic black malt, 8.2%, 98 IBUs. Best if enjoyed before December of 2013. Certified organic by QAI. Kwai. <laughs> the first time I'm getting is some estuary notes off of it from the yeast. Oh, that smells neat. What is that? I mean, so there's estuary, but there's... Oh, wow. Hmm. Let me try to figure some words out and things and stuff. I guess now I'm de- getting into some malt and hops. So that estuary component was there when it first was poured, but that's volatilizing out. I can't put words to that. There's a... It's it's a sweet. It, it, it is it's a sweet thing. What what? It's not molasses. It's not malt syrup. It's not maple syrup. Maybe, but maybe it's a maybe junction a honey, of the three. Maybe something like that. Maybe something. So we talked about agave earlier. Yeah. What do we think about agave nectar? No, 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 yeah, no, no. Smells really engaging, right? But kind of like what a simple syrup, almost, uh, which is just sugar and water dissolved. But 
but there's more there's more of, of a slightly floral quality to well, it. Well, there's a whole bunch. There's floral. There, maybe we just got to talk about the tiny little components, right? Because yeah, there's a yeah. bit of cocoa in there. Yes, but it's not chocolatey. It there's a bit of molasses, but it's not there's a bit of cherry. A bit of cherry, yeah, cherry. Cocoa, molasses, cherry. I hate saying molasses because molasses mm. is such a potent flavor, yeah. and and everyone's going to think it's bigger than it is. There's a little bit of that ding in there. <laughs> what is that? You? I don't know what that was. It's not me, man. Must have been my phone, which is in my pocket here. Hmm. The other story I want to talk about is the Kickstarter for Zymatic. Did you see this? No, I don't even know what Zymatic is. So remember you were, you were talking about your uh, your brewery that you made, mm-hmm. your automatic brewery or something like it. Uh, these guys, um, it's already fully funded, but you can keep pledging uh, 24 days to go. Z-Y-M-A-T-I-C. It looks like a microwave is essentially you, you, you put in your grains and your hops and water and it creates, uh, you know, automatically creates your, your beer for you. And automatic then you beer it. brewing, automatic beer brewing appliance by Pico Brew. How does it do it? It says a bread machine for beer. High quality, all grain beer. I guess it looks. It, it, I mean, it, it looks really cool. It looks like it dumps into not a full five gallon keg, but maybe a two point five. It's it's like a five liter keg. Yeah. Right. Um. Oh, the corny keg here. That's like a yeah. That's like a two gallon, two and a half gallon yeah. keg. Um. Yeah, I guess. Um. It, it, I mean, it literally, it is a one of those automatic bread machines for beer. Yeah. And I guess there's a market for that, but m- most of the people listening probably want to crack, you know, want the hands-on. They want the hobby. This takes the hobby out of beer making. Well, does it? I mean, I, it, it's a, it's... I'd love to know how it does all the steps and does it well. Yeah. Because it does not look like you can do all the steps and do it well in this tiny little box. It's sort of like, it kind of reminds me of the telescope in a way. Oh, the the go-to mount. Yeah, we got the first one and we just had an elliptical one. Then we got the the go-to. Ecliptic. Ecliptic, I apologize. And then we got the go-to. The go-to makes it easier to, to, to spot objects. Is it, you know, I guess if you're truly into the hobbyist part of it, then maybe you're not into it. But if you just want to make some beer easily, make your own beer. Just buy beer easily. <laughs> but but this gives you the ability to do your own experimentation with beer at the same time not really having to worry about the individual. Oh, look at stuff. that. It, it uses an Arduino. Yeah. It looks like my brewery, <laughs> except for. Oh wait, wait! This picture is very different. Oh, that's a. Oh, it's proof They're going to different prototypes. Yeah. So is so this little microwave thing's not really built yet. I don't see how the little microwave thing can actually make all the do all the steps. 
they they explain it in in the Kickstarter. You, I'll have you, to, I'm really fascinated to look into this. It, it's a replicator for beer. You put yeah. grain in the top, and beer comes out the bottom. And um, how much does one of the or how much does one of these cost? <laughs> What's the price point on this thing? Um. Well, if you pledge over thirteen hundred twelve ninety nine, you get a uh, you 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 get one. <laughs> so <laughs> probably in in the thousand dollar range. I I don't know. I mean, I know my point of view is not everyone's point of view, but for me, there's two things. Brewing is a tremendous amount of fun. Doing the hands on stuff. But then also geeking out and working on your brew house, right? Because, you know, adding the electric to my brew house is also a tremendous amount of fun. And um, this whole put the grains in the top, have the beer come out the bottom automatic process thing. I don't know. I think it's a great idea. I, I It might be a great business idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I, it's not, I don't it's not it. for everybody, but... There's enough people that already it's backed, uh, and and it's got only you know 24 days to go, so more money will be you know maybe go into it. So th- this will sell because people can make their own beer. I mean, there's already like you know smaller things to make your own beer, but this you can make your own all grain beer. I mean, this is a this is a Mister Beer with a microcontroller right yeah i mean that's what that sounds that sounds disingenuous i don't know what this is i mean so it ferments in the tiny little keg so it doesn't ferment in the microwave according yeah i mean you 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 still have to ferment it for a week at least so um you know it just creates your work basically but um Apparently, the if you get, if you pledge twelve ninety nine or more, you get the Zymatic setup, including a new five gallon keg. So it fills a five gallon keg. Well, a couple brews does. Looks like I mean, because the water comes from the little, the shorty little keg, and then the work goes into the shorty little keg. Mm. Um, so you have to brew twice to get a five gallon. But if it's all automatic, who cares, right? You just got to yeah. load the hopper. I don't know. Where does it boil? How does it boil? I don't see that in these pictures or description. Well, I haven't read the word-for-word description, but I don't see how it boils unless it's a lot deeper than it appears. And there's a second vessel where the grains are not in the boil liquor is. I don't know. Anyway, back to the beer. Zymatic on Kickstarter. Five Fund gallon, it. It is five gallons. If you put five gallons of water in and put... Puts out five gallons of work. What's the, why is there a picture of a shorty little keg that's not five gallons? I don't know. Maybe okay. it's just a, a maybe. Maybe it's it. Maybe the machine's bigger than we think. The proportions are not right on the shorty little keg. Well, anyway, back to the beer. <laughs> it's a prototype. Yeah. Wave your hands and hope that no one's critical Peak about organic it. Organic hop noir. It smells, oh, yikes. I, it smells like all kinds of things I can't describe. <laughs> I like it, though. It, it, it's, it's, it reminds me of lots of things, but
but it smells like none of them, right? Like, it reminds me of licorice, but it doesn't smell like licorice. It reminds me of molasses, but it doesn't smell like molasses. Reminds me of cocoa, but it doesn't smell like cocoa. I was going to say the sweetness somewhat reminds me of, of, of corn syrup, but it doesn't smell like corn. But I'm getting a little bit of a corn flake taste from it. I'm getting a little bit of a licorice taste. I'm getting a little bit of a chocolate taste. I'm getting a little bit of... Hmm. There's a lot of interesting things going mm-hmm. on here. This is this is a pretty complicated IPA, and I I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's not your traditional black IPA or Cascadia dark ale yeah. where it's 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 like hey, it's black and novel, but it tastes like an IPA. And if you're blindfolded, you wouldn't notice. This is different. It tastes all of the darkness. And the IPA ness, mm-hmm. right? You're getting all of that from this beer. Yeah, I mean, if I were judging this blind, I may not even pick out IPA for it. I may even go with a very high hopped porter or something. Because <sighs> I, I I don't even know if I can make a claim on what I think it would be because it's so out there, you know. But it does there are those dark, slightly smoky elements. With the slightest stringency, not kind of in the in the uh, in the raisiny zone. But I, you know, I think that so. The, if I was drinking this blind, like the first thing that popped in my popped into my mind is like, is that some kind of messed up Oktoberfest? What is that? You know, That's no, a- I mean, I've tasted <laughs> hot, very hoppy stouts and porters, and I might think that this is one of those. As opposed to an IPA, but I, and I think that 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 kind of shows that there's kind of a, a fine line between them, right? I mean, right. Um, I mean, I'm just saying. I put. I tried to put my mind into. If I didn't know what I was drinking, mm-hmm. I closed my eyes and took a sip, and the what registered was like. Gonzo Oktoberfest. You know, that's what that's what my that's what the answer was, hmm. right? Like. I don't think that's a great example of what a great descriptor of what we are drinking. No, but that's what popped into my head. Interesting. Yeah, it's hard to say. You know, it, it it's something of a it's something of, of a dodge to say. Oh, mm-hmm. this is what I would taste it like blind after I've already tasted it, knowing what it is. Exactly. But I th- sometimes you think you can yeah. be fairly honest with yourself and and tell people what that would be. Me personally, I can't. I can't extract myself that far. This is this is a weird beer. It may be a step too far, but I'm enjoying it a lot. I, I, I am enjoying it. This is a peak organic hop noir. Hmm. Not so hoppy though. No, it's it's pretty hoppy. I, I would disagree with you there. It's pretty hoppy. It's got a it's got a pretty strong hop. Okay, not so IPA like though. Right, right, yeah. Which is why I'm leaning towards mm-hmm. you know you can you could call this a porter or a stout and get away with it. Yeah, I, I'm starting to agree with you. You know, excuse me, excuse me again. American porter, you know, hoppy American porter. That kind of fits the bill, I guess. Mm-hmm. But there's other. I things. mean, if you compare this up against Great Lakes. Edmund Fitzgerald. It's a little bit hoppier and a little bit less astringent. But there's more of those 
sweet syrupy things going on. Yes. It's not roast. It, this isn't really roasty. I disagree. We, we haven't talked about roasty. Do you think it's roasty? I think it, I think it has roasty character. See, I would say the roast is bundled up in things kind of like molasses. You know, it's it's not roasted, dry roasted grains. It's it's dark, sweet syrups and things like that. I don't know. I think there's a slight woody, maybe mesquite-like character that's coming through. I think that there is some, some smokiness that's there. Uh like a like a bit of liquid smoke or something you need to go re-examine liquid smoke cuz it, it's it's Maybe. an acrid potent piece well of... it's diluted very fair well, <laughs> strongly right i wouldn't go that far but we're disagreeing completely on a lot of things on this one but we both what we what we do agree with is that we both enjoy it yes. a lot yes it's really, it's think... really interesting it's <clears throat> Excuse me. It's it's got a uh, it's got it's it's got some differences to it. This is gonna be a hard one. <laughs> no, I was just I was just gonna say now the hard part, the ranking that we force ourselves to do. Yeah. Very difficult. And actually, thinking back to what the saison was was is going to be like exactly what the saison tasted like to me. It's a bit of a exercise. <laughs> um, can I just say I liked them all? <laughs> oh, and then summer's over here. Yeah, and then Shit, summer's over there. it's even harder. I yeah. forgot about the can, the bright green can flashing, getting my attention. Do you have any idea? I can try. <laughs> I'm gonna let you okay. let you go because I'm right. stuck. Hmm. Okay, so last beer. Beer I liked the least among these. Oh, okay. <laughs> there were no bad beers. There were no bad beers. No. Um, I'm going to say that... Um, I'm going to say that it's probably the Saison Diego. While I appreciated it, I really... I enjoyed it. I just think that the other beers were were slightly better for different reasons. Uh, so I'm going to go with Saison uh, Diego as my number five. Sorry, I'm writing it down for our notes. Um, my number four is going to be Last Chance. Again, you know, I, I think it really benefited from flight. It's one of those beers that I probably wouldn't enjoy just drinking straight up. But the the flight that we had made it... Um, mm-hmm. really, really nice to me and, and, and sort of a different, a, a nice contrast. But if I were drinking this with a bunch of other IPAs, it'd be like, I don't know. I mean, especially, especially compared to the Hot Noir, I think the Hot Noir is really more interesting and, and more defined in what it's trying to do. So my number three, though, is, is going to be Ray, uh, the Rion Ver. Uh, I, very complex beer, really interesting a lot of things going on i think um somewhat uh somewhat hard to get through if you're not experienced with this sort of thing so it may be a little bit of a 
It may not be everybody's cup of tea. It it worked for me though, and I think it worked for you too. My number two beer is this one we're drinking right now, the Hop Noir. I really like it a lot. I like how it's going in different directions. Uh, but like I said, I mean, I, it, I could call it a, a porter, and and I think it would work just as well. Uh, that's not anything against the beer. It's just you know to show how versatile it is. I think you know something that it made in this style that doesn't it 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 defies your expectations and i love a beer like that i love a beer that does that it's really delicious but i think the 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 beer i enjoyed the most tonight the one that i really really felt like this was a beer i could have i could see myself just gorging on is the summer that was delicious. That was fantastic. It it had it, it it felt it was only four percent, and it had a wonderful flavor to it. It had such an excellent effervescence to it. It was clean and crisp and 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 nice and pretty and just kind of really 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 good. So that's where I'm going. Thank you. Gave me enough time to figure it out. And my rankings are similar very similar to yours with one major exception okay i am going to leapfrog the saison diego from last place to second place okay so where i got is starting from the bottom and it pains me to say this i love wirebacher i think Uh they make great beers i know the brewer they listen on occasion and i think the last chance ipa was a very good beer but it it was a tough night for for uh, you know, it's very close to the next one. I'm kind of a toss up on which one's fifth and which one's fourth. But uh, you know, I'm going to stick with my guns and put the Weyerbacher in fifth. Number four is going to be the Rayon Vert. Um, that was the breaded um, Belgian style paleo from Green Flash. I really liked it. Complex. I'm, I kind of maybe knocked it down a notch. For likability of mm-hmm. the masses, like you mm-hmm. said, right? It's probably not a beer for everyone. Um, now, a lot of our listeners are going to like Brett beers, and they're going to seek it out because it is a Brett beer. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't... It was complex, and it was fascinating to drink, but it was not so much drinkable. Yeah. It was not a joy. It was a joy to figure out, but not a joy to drink. Right, if that makes any sense to to people. Okay. Um, number uh, five, four, three is going to be the uh, Peak Organic Hop Noir. All these five beers were very good. This one just kind of fits in the middle. It had some wonderful flavors that we couldn't it, like. Both Greg and I have said it's kind of like, but not. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. but not. Mm-hmm. We could never nail it down. It was this very ethereal beer, but we enjoyed it a lot. And then I'm going to put number two, the Saison Diego. The rustic bit of this Saison reminds me of some of the great Saisons that I've had. It, mm-hmm. It's not a great Saison that I've had, but it reminds me of some of the great Saisons. And it was immensely enjoyable. I enjoyed every sip of that beer. But the Summer Ale, this 4% um, beer from Utah where they have the alcohol caps and high alcohol beers stored in liquor stores... This thing had with the watermelon flavor that it had was just like Greg said was so drinkable. I could see myself next summer buying a case of this and putting it in the fridge just because I could just drink it and drink mm-hmm. it and drink it and drink it. 
Um, so that's why I'm putting the summer at the top, even though it's the most session, the most boring beer. That uh, it's not boring. Not it boring. boring at all. On some scales, it would be right because it's not extreme. It's, it's not. I mean, if you're going, it's not for, sour. If, yeah, if it's not bugs. Hops, you know, if you're going, yeah, if you're going, yeah, exactly. But man, was it a drinkable and delicious? It was and, drinkable. It was immensely drinkable. Yeah, and that's why summer comes out on top. All right. Thank you. Ev- oh, same song. What? Why not? Okay, we're going out with sunglasses. All right. So, thank you everybody for listening to Craft Beer Radio. We really appreciate you choosing to download our show and give us a listen. Uh, Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit our website for more information. It basically, anything that doesn't have a music bit under it. Yeah, because we don't own the rights for this. Who, who, who sings this song? Corey Hart. Corey Hart. I didn't know that. I know yeah. the song. Mm-hmm. Didn't know who sang it. Um, if you want to contact us, you know, Twitter is probably the best way to contact us. I am at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. We are also have email. That's the second best way. You can do beer at craftbeerradio.com. And then if you use Google Plus or Facebook, we might catch it, but it, not not so much. So we're on there, too. The Craft Beer Radio on Facebook and Craft Beer Radio on Google Plus. This will probably be released after we have completed the Great American Beer Fest, but we're probably going to put out something just to announce that we're going to be at the GABF if anybody wants to contact us. So uh, we hope you do. Uh, we hope you have. And we hope that it's been a good week for everybody. Too bad the refrain wasn't right now, right? We could all go out singing and wear my sunglasses. At night, I don't think but, anybody wants to hear that. But it would have been serendipitous. <laughs> good night, everybody. Good night. Sunglasses at, at night. night. So I can, so I can. <laughs> <laughs>